Hey, oh, I'm gonna grab a bottle of water. I'll be right back. Go for it. I just saw Evil Dead. You saw it? I did. In a theater? Actually, yes. Wow. Can this please be our cold open? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time. Make yourselves comfortable. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barden. And I'm also not paying attention. And this is Mad. Uh, Movies? Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast for all the latest movie news, movie rumors, and of course, movie rumbly. For the first half of the show, we will discuss the ongoing world of cinema and all the key players and parties within it. For the second half of the show, we will break down our movie of the week. And for the last little portion of the show, we will give you our weekly recommends. If you've seen our movie of the week, please feel free to sit through the podcast. If not, listen to the beginning, listen to the end, and uh, make sure you comment on iTunes. Brian, what is our movie of the week this week? This week we will be discussing Evil Dead. Yeah! I'm really excited about this one. Um, this is my idea, I think, this episode. So I'm glad, totally. glad you guys can oblige. And uh, I'm gonna ha- we're going to have a good time with this one, I can tell. Let's get started with some movie rumors, guys. Movie news. And, of course, some movie rumblings. Rumblings. Uh, I, I just want to tell you guys, I'm going to tease something to you guys. I'm going to blow your guys' mind in this segment. I'm going to change your life. So uh, be prepared for that. But first... I've got some movie news that's very important to Brian and I. So, oh, yeah, uh, we do. Um, guys, Wesley Snipes is out of jail. Yeah, buddy. Brian, Let's talk about Brian that. Wins, Brian wins tweet of the year uh, for that on that. And, uh, Brian, I'll let you take your joke because it's probably the best joke I've heard all year. And <laughs> Uh, after you, sir. Well, I, I just simply pointed out that uh, Wesley Snipes has been released from prison, and uh, Fast and Furious Seven starts shooting this summer. So yeah, I'm just saying it's gonna uh, happen. You know it is. It He'll needs be in to happen. Expendables. He'll be Expendables Three. Yeah. Correct. Seriously though, I know that somebody went to prison and met with some like well-known uh, director went to prison and met with Snipes about being in a movie. And now I put it in my head. I had it in my head as Expendables three. So like Stallone went and talked to him, but now I'm thinking maybe it was Spike Lee. Has anybody, have either of y'all heard this? Am I just making I something up? Okay. Well, I don't have it. I, sorry. I brought that, that half rumbling to the table, but um, that is I know brilliant. somebody I'm holding that in my hand, and I can barely feel that rumble. <laughs> I in my head, it was it was sliced alone, and I was really excited about about him about Snipes in uh, Expendables three. But now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like maybe it was Spike Lee, and that doesn't get me near as excited. But no, regardless, um, you know what, guys? Guys, the movie is, you- let's be honest. Is Wesley Snipes a good actor? I think I think my, the most memorable roles. He's just standing there looking at the camera, not saying Too a word. Too long, you know man. I mean? Too long. <laughs> well, okay. Well, besides that classic, uh, let's. I mean, in Blade. I mean, does that have any value at all anymore? Uh, to answer your question, no, he's not a good actor. But is Expendables two a good movie? No. But did I really enjoy it? Yes. Well, I that's, mean, that's a given. He's going to be in Expendables. But other than that, right. what that's is how he I feel do? about about him as a whole, though. Like, I get juiced up if he's in a movie, and I think he's capable of being decent from time to time. Um, but there are—I don't know—he's one of the few from that time period. Like, honestly, I probably would be more jazzed about Wesley Snipes in an action movie than I would be than I was for like uh, for Schwarzenegger at the beginning of the year, for sure. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm in the minority on that, but no, I love Wesley, man. Demolition Man, it, <laughs> a Demolition Man needs to be remade with the same cast. It just needs to be Stallone <laughs> and uh, and Dennis yes. Leary and Snipes and Sandra Bullock. But 
Um, but just with better special effects and a better <laughs> script. But no, um, I watched Demolition Man recently because it was on, I don't know, HBO or HDNet movies or something. And uh, I, Lifetime. Yeah, Lifetime movies. Um, <laughs> I got kind of jazzed seeing Snipes uh, do his thing. I think that's one of his better – yes, this is this is terrible and this is ridiculous. But man, he's fun to watch um, yeah. roles that he, that he has. I don't know. I – I legitimately feel like he would be an incredible addition to the cast of, of Fast and Fast and the Furious Part Seven. Um, he well, should definitely be the villain. The good news is, Brian, well, since yeah, they're making it. They're making like they're never going to stop making Fast and <laughs> no. Furious movies. So and they should end up in there someday. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm directing Fast and the Furious Nine, guys. So that's exciting. Yeah. You know, Vin Diesel is questionable racially right like no one knows what Vin Diesel really is so there's no reason Wesley Snipes couldn't be his dad it's true it's true he could be black I mean what is Vin Diesel he's just kind of caramel yeah I don't know but um but I mean yeah I'm fine with that Wesley Snipes is his dad or or his brother we cast Richard and I at some point had this we cast somebody as his dad now I can't remember who it was in our hypothetical Fast Furious it was somebody not Wesley Snipes but I don't know. We're gonna have to go back on that, but totally. Whether either as the villain or like maybe as like Dom's brother that he's like in trouble and he's trying to get him out of trouble and, and get him on the straight and narrow or something. I, that needs to happen. So make it so, world. Yeah, it'll happen. Don't worry. Are you guys ready? Are you guys sitting down? Okay. I am. Yeah. I usually stand up during our podcast, guys. But I am sitting today. MacGruber two is happening. I know. Yes. yes. <laughs> Kit, you still haven't seen MacGyver 1, have you? I have. Oh, you saw Whoa. it? I saw it. Have... <laughs> What'd you think? It, I'm I'm excited for the sequel. I'll say that. <laughs> no, come on. I, I want I, Honestly, I trust, I trusted your opinion on that one, and you guys didn't let me down. That's a quality, quality comedy. It's yeah. stupid in pretty much every way, and that's what yeah. you could want. That's all you would ever want in, in, in those type of movies, so... Yeah, exceptionally funny. It's exceptionally it is, good. Yeah, it's funny. Literally, Will, Will Forte. I really miss him, man. I know. Like he just He's doing some dramatic like, work. Now. He needs to do more stuff. I know. Forte is that movie. Just is. I'm literally grinning right now talking about it. Yeah. I watched it for the first time in a while this week, and um, I just I. I don't know why it tickles me so much. <laughs> it just is so funny. I, I've seen it. Kent, I'm not kidding. I've literally seen it 20 times. And I, I don't only just smirk when I watch it. I, I giggle and laugh yeah. out loud. I cackle. And there's well. always yeah. so many funny things that I forget. And I'm think, trying to think of them right now and I forget. And there's so many throwaway lines. And just the fact that Val Kilmer's in it is just awesome. And he is yeah. sold out. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, oh, Val Kilmer's in this. It's like, dude, Val Kilmer's in this. Like. It's man. He cares. It's such a great look. Okay, let's let's put disclaimers on it. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're a woman, uh, do not see this movie. Yeah. Um, if it's you only funny are to- one of our dads, do not see this movie. But if you are a per or a male in the what would you say, fifteen, sixteen to if, sixteen to forty? Yeah. Range, and you like ridiculous comedy. <laughs> Seriously, this is MacGruber is maybe the funniest movie since Anchorman. It yeah. really is. As far as just like it knows exactly what it is. Yes, it's like an hour and twenty minutes long. It's not Tops. a minute too yeah. long. Yeah, it's like the shortest movie you've ever seen. It just literally is joke, 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 joke. It's like a Thirty Rock episode. It there's is. not a there's not a serious line in the movie. There's no arc. There's no anything. It is just a a skit for an hour and fifteen minutes. And it is some of the funniest stuff and just most ridiculous. It's it's incredible. I couldn't recommend it higher. And I cannot wait for a sequel. And I hope he goes to space or something. It's not <laughs> – oh, if, you, if, yeah. if you're familiar with the skit, it's not just the 20 seconds MacGruber. It's literally he's the most incredible Army Ranger Navy yeah. SEAL of all time. He's a <laughs> yeah. legend in the military. And he's it's got to stop. Yeah, it's a takeoff yeah. of of 80s and early 90s yeah. action movies. It's, it's the best spoof movie, like, maybe it since is. 
airplane. I mean, people yes, didn't absolutely. realize that's what it was. It's a yeah. spoof movie. It's like scary movie or these things. It's perfectly ex- it's it spoofs every action movie imaginable. Yes, but it's, it's the good. Best. So and it's, like scary movie, not like scary movie. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's so much smart, so much better. It, it could be called action movie. Yes, absolutely. And, and yeah. it's literally just scenes from great movies twisted a little bit. Will Forte is so locked into this character. I know it's stupid, but the more I watch it, I'm really impressed with what a good actor he is. Yeah. Because I know it's a ridiculous character, but he is MacGruber literally the whole time. Yeah. He never falters one bit. <laughs> every every movement in his face is 200% MacGruber, and it's like the most committed you've ever yeah. seen anybody act. And the only person in the cast who doesn't know that they're in a total spoof comedy is Ryan Phillippe. And yeah. he's acting so hard. He's trying so hard to be good. And it's like – and you can tell that it's – he's trying hard. Everyone else knows that it's a bit, but a great bit. But Ryan Phillippe is just – man, he's trying so hard. It's so great. I – Richard and I – Richard and I have talked. We How long have we known each other, Richard? Four or five years, something like that? Yeah, like we've known each other longer, but we didn't yeah. become close friends for probably the last four or five years. Yeah, We, we talk every day. We text or – or uh, make out or whatever. We we talk every single day, and probably would you say would you say higher or, or lower than fifty percent of the at least for long periods of time, more than fifty percent of the time, it's just about McGruber. <laughs> it's and we, it, that movie is three years old now, and yeah. it still occupies yeah. most of my movie thought. Like I wish that I thought about you know the hurt locker as <laughs> i think about mcgruber but i don't the hurt locker <laughs> random yeah. yeah no we uh, have we have uh we've just we've written the script in our in our text conversations we've at least written treatments for what the <laughs> mcgruber sequel should be like i think the the consensus between us is that we would like it to be a uh, a prequel and have yeah. it have uh, it be so back you, in the you back honestly in, have time to write a screenplay yeah, I probably don't yeah. have one yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. I actually tweeted Yorma Tacone like a month ago because he he talked about that they were going to write the script. They're like, we're not going to probably be able to make the movie, but we are going to write the script just because we love we love this character so much. And I tweeted him and I was like, dude, I will do anything just to read the <laughs> script. Like that's what a fanboy I am for this movie. And it's uh, it's yeah, the prequel idea because you know he assembles the team. Spoiler alert: he assembles the whole team of of master yeah. killers. Right, MacGruber gets this 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 all star squad, and then he accidentally murders them all. <laughs> and Brian and I were just talking about a really tug, gritty tug. <laughs> you guys okay? okay. Somebody call nine one one. But uh, like a really gritty zero dark thirty style golf war movie. Yeah. With MacGruber and that crew just wrecking shop. Like, yeah. I mean, just going nuts. Expendable style. I would watch that and probably weep the entire time. <laughs> oh, uh, man. That is going to be epic. That, this so that's sequel, our weekly recommend. Uh, sequel <laughs> might, be, might be bigger than – might be more anticipated than episode one, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> I mean, I, I just can't There's imagine – probably people camping right now. Let's be honest. I can't imagine, seriously, Ken, and I knew because you're anyone, like we said, 15 to 40 being male and not loving that movie. I can't understand you not wanting more of that. Yeah, the right. fact that it only made $10 million or whatever, it's got, I mean, even if they don't make the sequel, I mean, that's a cult, the definition of a cult classic. Yep. I will show that movie to everyone I know forever. I can't wait to watch MacGruber with my kids when they're like 17. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's got the greatest sex scene in the history of cinema. <laughs> It's just incredible. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful, and that's enough. I, I know people don't care, and the movie yeah. didn't make any money. But uh, yes, the sequel, MacGruber Two. I'm in. We're gonna I'll be, be doing there. we're gonna be doing a podcast on MacGruber Two. Oh Let yeah, that sink I'll, in. Totally. I'm not kidding, Brian. If they have, I will drive to Toledo <laughs> if they have a midnight screening. We have to go at midnight. We got to do it. We got to do. Even if we have to rent the theater, we yeah. have to go at midnight. Yeah, nice. Um, some more movie news, guys. I want to mention. There's a um, about really early, like a week early. Like we're here for Gruber. Duh. I mean, <laughs> just, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kent. Moving on. Uh, more Gruber news. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, basically, Christopher Nolan's next movie. Did you hear about this, Brian? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I'm interested to hear the take that you guys have. He has cast um, his leading man and woman, and the movie is called Interstellar. And the leading man is Matthew McConaughey, leading lady, Anne Hathaway. 
And I probably only cast them because their names kind of rhyme with each other. Um, <laughs> because they neither of them can really carry a film. Um, so give me your thoughts, Brian. I think that if this news had come down two years ago, I would have just hung myself in the bathroom somewhere. Um, yeah. Because I can't think of two two people that I dislike more <laughs> that I would want to be in a Christopher Nolan movie. But that said, as much as I hate Anne Hathaway, and I do, I hate Anne Hathaway, like every other good red-blooded American, um, she's really good. And it, it kind of drives me crazy anytime she's in a movie that where she's a good actress because I just want to I just want to bag on her all the time. But, you know... She's very good in The Dark Knight Rises. Honestly, one of the better parts of the movie. Um, she's great in her five minutes on screen in Les Mis. I mean, she's she's an excellent actress, and obviously no one works well with her. And McConaughey is such an interesting thing. Like, I I don't understand how... I mean, he was he's, he is a terrible actor. And then all <laughs> of a sudden, this last two years, I guess, it's it's suddenly become... Uh, it's suddenly become the thing to do to talk about how good of an actor McConaughey is. And they're not wrong. Um, he's he's very good suddenly. And I don't know if he was always capable of that. And it was just the, the Ben Affleck thing of I can get roles like failure to launch and I can get paid $20 million and women want to sleep with me, so I'll just keep doing that. Or or if he if he learned how to be an actor somewhere along the line, but... I took some good peyote. Two years ago, that news would have been the worst thing in the world. But now I feel like I'm yeah. not as excited about that as I was for like DiCaprio and Inception, you know, but I, I mean, I'm going to see any movie that Chris Nolan does, so it doesn't really matter, but that's, that's not near as catastrophic news as it, it would have been a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, and you're right with the Lincoln lawyer and uh, Bernie and some other stuff McConaughey's yeah. done. What, what was that creepy NC-17 movie he did last year? Killer Joe. Killer Joe. With that stuff, he's definitely kind of reinventing himself. I think these two are kind of inverse inverse of each other. I think uh, well for the last five years, I thought Anne Hathaway is enormously talented, but I would I would probably kill her if in a room with her. <laughs> and McConaughey is the inverse of that in that I think he's I, I thought for a long time he was talentless. But I'd love to hang out with Matthew McConaughey. I mean, Matthew McConaughey yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's kind of like these two completely opposite people. Uh, maybe it's either going to be one of two things. They're either going to form together and be people I really like and I really like them in the film. Or they'll rub off each other in the wrong way and I'll hate them both and hate them in the movie. But I don't think Christopher Nolan's going to waste his time. It it reeks a little bit of stunt casting. Um, but I'm excited. I think he... Yeah, I mean, McConaughey, I, I'm excited to see him, you know, hopefully he, he took his agent out um, and just murdered him <laughs> or just left him in the desert or something and, yeah. and maybe hired somebody else. Uh, he, he is charismatic, and I think as he ages, is becoming even more so. Yeah. Um, well, he's and, a, You're right. He's a likable guy. Yeah. So, I mean, how's and that going for him? So I think if he can somehow harness that, I don't know. I don't think he'll ever be Daniel Day Lewis. Right. But uh, you know, could he be? I don't even know. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's kind of just passable like that. Uh, I have to get back to it. I, you know, he he's not he's not that gonna ever be the A team. But I mean, I think he can definitely bump bump his way up to somebody that's really passable uh, in, in in film. And uh, could he? Yeah, here we go. Could he be Daniel Day Lewis? No. Could he be Mark Wahlberg? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. You no, know, I yeah. mean, could he just get by on likability and and just kind of throw in a good performance? I, that would not surprise me. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm tentatively excited. I'm I'm I I worry more about Anne Hathaway, but I totally. love her in Dark Knight Rises. And so, I I guess I don't worry at all. She'll be fine. Uh. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we got to talk about that because that's really interesting. Um. Do you know any details about the plot, Brian? I did when it first came out. It's, I believe, it's based on a book. Uh, I don't, I don't off the top of my head. I did when it first came out. The the when he picked that up as his next project. I heard it was going to be a Spielberg movie, but Spielberg okay. passed on it and gave it to Nolan or something like that. Um, it wasn't originally his movie, but okay. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. 
and I love Christopher Nolan, and like you said, I'll see anything he releases. So. Do we have a uh, release date on it? 2015, I believe. Okay. So sure. a couple years. So, so he, it's, he'll do. He'll probably I mean, do Superman, and then that, and then he'll probably work on the Superman sequel, right? Yeah, probably Justice League. So, yeah, who knows? Cross your I'm fingers. seeing. I'm seeing November of 2014. Okay, the, so Oscar season very next late. Year. Yeah, very late 2014. Okay. There you go. Nice. Interesting. That's a okay. Okay. Here's here's what it's based on, guys. Here's the IMDb. Now this is ringing a bell. Now, okay, this is the IMDb page. An exploration of physicist Kip Thorne's theories of gravity fields, wormholes, and several hypotheses. Oh yeah, yeah. That Albert Einstein was never never able to prove. So it's based on a work of nonfiction. Okay. Sort of, like a so more believable. Uh, McConaughey in this part or. Denise Richards as Dr. Christmas Jones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he's already played some sort of scientist, wasn't he? He was like a scientist in contact. He was. He was. He oh, was. yeah, he was. <laughs> what if he's the same guy? No, he was a yeah. lawyer. No, he was an author or a lawyer, wasn't he? Oh, I don't know that if he was, was. a scientist. I, I, Palmer I've seen Joss. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, hey Einstein, can you, can you define <laughs> these, these black holes? No, I cannot. It'd be a lot cooler if you could. <laughs> One of the most non-believable couples of all time, by the way, Matthew McConaughey and Jodie Foster in Contact. Yeah. Just, yeah. just horribly awkward. <laughs> but hopefully Interstellar is as good as Contact when it comes to that type of movie because Contact was a great movie that was kind of based on nonfiction, Carl Sagan and stuff. So. Sure. Anyway, let's um, – one more thing I want to mention. Uh, we're talking about Evil Dead tonight, which is a horror movie. And Benicio Del Toro just wrapped a movie called Pacific Rim that's about to come out this year. Highly anticipated that I'm really, really excited about seeing. But his next project, um, details are coming out about it, and it's a horror movie as well. It's called Crimson Peak. Uh, I don't know if he's into unattractive you know, movie titles lately, Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak. It's kind of like <laughs> – he, he's directing pornos or something, but um, it stars. He just the casting just came out for it, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Jessica Ooh. Chastain, and Emma Stone. Ooh, um, those are three people I love. Supposedly a ghost about a ghost like ha- haunted house, straight up. So a, a uh, um, Guillermo del Toro, I should say, not Benicio del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. I was confused there for a second. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, yeah. I just had del Toro, so that's what sure. <laughs> to my mind is Benicio, because alphabetical, you know. Right. Anyway, totally. yeah, I'm really excited about that, and we'll see. It's It's got a good cast, so what do you guys oh. think about that casting? That's three people I love, so um, as a... Are you excited as... about Pacific Rim at all? I haven't heard you talk about it, Brian. Here's the thing. I see the preview, the the, the first trailer and the, uh, the the poster and everything, and I thought it looked horrible. Like it looked it looked like Transformers to me. Um, but everybody, every single person that I trust that has seen um, screeners or any any of the footage or anything like that has come out just blown away by it. So I'm I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. But I did feel like it's it. I felt like from the first trailer that it was playing off of Del Toro's name and the the uh, legacy that he has in Hollywood. Whereas if Michael Bay was attached to that movie, the exact same movie, the exact same script, directed the exa- all that sort of thing, people would be dogging it right now. So that's that's kind of my my take on on Pacific Rim. I I, I want to see it. I'm ex- I but I'm very cautious about my anticipation for it. Richard, you heard about Pacific Rim? Yeah, I love Del Toro. Um, Pan's Labyrinth was great. Did you see that? I love Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Hellboy. I love, I love Hellboy. Um, I love. I've heard his books are very good too. I haven't read them, uh, but he's. I think a really creative uh, person that I don't know has has certainly uh, found the right mat, or maybe he can never because of his his artistic sensibility. But I, I don't think he's found the right vehicle. Uh, really for his, maybe Hellboy was that to an extent, but I don't know. Uh, but Pacific Rim looks really interesting. Brian's right. I mean, if it was Michael Bay, I think people would be, um, you know, fleeing the theaters based on what they've seen. But I think you could say that, I mean, if you told me Michael Bay directed Lincoln, uh, 
Right. Um, and it looked the same. I think that our problem there is with, with Michael Bay, not with uh, Senor Del Toro. Um, well, that was kind of racist of me, Mr. Del Toro. Um, <laughs> and, unintentional, unintentional. You know, uh, it's all right. Um, but I'm excited. I like everything he's done visually, especially. I think yeah. he has, and he has a really interesting mind for story. I think I always wanted him. I was he was always my pick to do a Harry Potter movie, and he mm, almost yeah. did it like six different times. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with kind of a big summary blockbustery thing. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, those were really my thoughts on Pacific Rim. I've seen the trailer once, so I'm trying to kind of I like to kind of uh, stay low key as much as I can. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to bring that up just because we're talking about horror movies uh, tonight. But we'll talk about Evil Dead. How about right now? Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now, and they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ziprecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. This thing is attached to me as soul. <laughs> We're going to have to kill her. You are all going to die tonight. Richard Barton, thoughts on Evil Dead? Uh, well, I'm a fan of the original trilogy, kind of, in that I was a fan of it in high school. And then I went back and watched them recently, uh, trilogy being the first two movies and then Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, I went back and watched them about a year ago and just did not enjoy them at all. And it was kind of, there's that, and then there's like Kevin Smith movies that I was just in love with at a 16 year old, and now I go back and go, wow, this is you know Richard Mallrats is not the greatest comedy of of all time, <laughs> um, and Evil Dead is the same. Um, so that being said, this movie is nothing like Evil Dead. I don't know why it's called Evil Dead. Yeah, <laughs> it it vaguely follows the storyline of Evil Dead, but it's a remake in it's a reimagination. Right. You're right. Uh, and I think it's the better for that. It's a cool little horror movie. It's overly violent and it's terribly nihilistic and it's, uh, you know, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said. It, it doesn't have much of a spirit of fun to it. I didn't, I didn't uh, find it much of a roller coaster ride as much of a just a bunch of violent images put in front of me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I enjoy those sometimes, and I think that's, you know, viable form of entertainment. I'm not a horror movie fan. I have no ranking system. I, you know, I, I've told Brian this. Horror movies for me are like roller coasters in that I've never found one that was, you know, the Goldilocks. Um, I've only ever found them where they're either, you know, I ride roller coasters and say, wow, that scared the crap out of me. I'm never doing that again. Or I ride them and go, wow, I waited two hours in line for that boring piece of crap. I've never found one that was just like – that was the appropriate weight. 
uh, I waited 45 minutes and that was 45 minutes worth of fun. Uh, <laughs> hor- horror movies are kind of the same for me in that I'm either I don't sleep for six months or I'm terribly bored. Um, this left me in. There's the, no way you were bored in this one, though. Let's be honest. Were you? I was. I was. I wasn't at first, but yeah, I was after a while because it, it became redundant. It, it the violence. Just, was, it gets so ridiculous. Yeah, it it's really just does. so ridiculous. And uh, I did stay for the whole thing, which is you know, not, which is rare for me. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you because this is one you can easily walk out of. Let's be honest. And I should have, but I was watching it for the podcast, and I was you know, if I'm going to write it off for tax purposes, I should stay for the whole right. thing. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, I stayed. Um, it was fine. It's not, it's, you know, you have to judge horror movies unlike anything. You know, I guess there's some MacGruber parallels here. Horror movies and dumb comedies, you have to judge in their own world. They don't exist in the overall arc of cinema. They're, they're experiences. They're not so much, uh, and it was fine. I mean, I would give it, gosh, if I were to give it out of 10, Kent, uh, Six or seven, you know, two and a half. What kind of a rating? What kind of a rating system are you basing it on? Horror movies in general, or all other movies? Do you know what I mean? Horror movies in general, I would say. Okay. Uh, With The Shining being a ten, and uh, I don't know, uh, Teeth being a one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Troll two. (laughs) Right, true. Troll two is strong. but you know this it's just it, it it walks this weird line of never fully it, it seems like it doesn't really know what it's going to be so it just throws more violence at you and then it starts going down another kind of maybe interesting road and then it's like no f this we're just going to throw more violence at you and uh you know i i get it if i was 17 it'd be awesome and i would you know, revel in the violence and it would probably do horrible things to me psychologically long term. And I'd have to have years of, you know, I'd, when I was beating my kids in 40 years, I would have flashes <laughs> of these things. But, uh, but for me at 26, I just sort of was like, eh, all right, I get it. But, uh, I didn't really enjoy it. Cool. Um, my thoughts are, I would have to agree with you that it's probably a six or seven. You said out of 10 on a horror movie scale. It gives you everything you want and more, and more than enough as far as gore. <laughs> um, I think you can agree with that. Um, it's the goriest movie I it's think. The goriest I've... movie I I might have ever seen in a theater. Yeah. No. Besides, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to uh, think too. I mean, the, the I mean, closest the Sam thing Pop... I've seen gory wise is, believe it or not, The Walking Dead. There's some stuff oh, okay. on there that that is borderline heinous you know especially yeah. some of the dismemberment and things like that uh that go on in the walking dead and uh you know chopping off body parts and all that so having said that this is movies incredibly gory in pretty much every sense of the word gore i mean every kind of gore is in this movie i mean name them richard it's got guns knives glass syringes um boiling water um, setting on fire. How many other ways? <laughs> uh, that's all I can think of. I'm trying to think getting, of a, hit by people. a car, I think, or fly yes, through a car, car uh, suspended kind of hanging stuff. Yeah. Um, getting raped by a tree. Right. Well, that's no, in most movies. Though, literally it's literally it's like, I can't tree. go to the movie without a, a tree <laughs> rape scene. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and yeah. and the and the crudes was like, okay, that's weird. Okay, yeah. it was um, probably pretty gratuitous at, at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, and especially in that third, your audience, guys. That's just, yeah, the third fern gully. Ever since they introduced that um, tree rape, <laughs> it's just no going back, right? Um, <laughs> no, but it, it's 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 yeah, it's it's just excessively. It's just you know, what can we do to piss off like the parents movie council? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in two hours, uh, it does that. And that's, you know, there's an audience for that and it's silly and it means nothing. And it, and it will probably cause three school shootings or something. And, or I, I don't know what it means just culturally. And it's the society of violence we have, but to me it was just flat and just me. I don't know. This movie uh, definitely, um, it set the bar, I think, for 
horror movies to come as far as like what else can you do? You know what I mean? I thought Cabin in the Woods did everything until I saw Evil Dead. I was like, this movie does it doesn't stop. It just keeps coming oh. at you, Richard. Did you feel that way? Like one thing after the other, like every turn time someone turns their head, something is getting sliced. Do you know what yes. I mean? It's just like for I'm not kidding, for like 45 minutes straight, it's just carnage. <laughs> like oh, like oh. I words can't describe. I mean, <laughs> the images. Do you know what I mean? Uh Richard, try to describe some some of your feelings. I mean, I, I have. There's nothing I don't want to do with it. It's hard to do without being crass. It's just yeah. disgusting. It's it's two hours of disgusting. It's lucky that I'm. We're lucky that I'm a shell of a human and I feel nothing. <laughs> right. If I had just synthesized sort of, <laughs> to everything at this point. That's, if I had any sort of um, uh, ability to feel or <laughs> empathize, um, then. Yes, uh, I would. You know, I would be mortified. I just I, it, it, the practical effect. What on a good note? The practical it, effects were very good. They're very good, <laughs> and it's like I said, it's relentless. I I have an adverse reaction to violence, so I, I literally just laugh because it makes me nervous. Yeah. And this movie was a laugh riot um, because it, I was literally just giggling like an insane person sitting by myself <laughs> at the five o'clock screening of this movie. What was the most violent? part of the movie what was the the moment i mean what i want in a horror movie that's gonna if you're gonna have gore i want a moment where i can't watch it because it's so gory it's if, really I get, close if i get up. through the whole movie and and i didn't have to look away i don't think it did its job in scaring me do you know what i mean no. there was a moment in this movie where i had to look away what was it for you yeah, Richard? No, my neck hurt uh from looking away i, I the close-up knife stuff gets me i i would yeah. rather be shot a million times and stabbed once um, and that's just logic, uh, sound logic guys. The close up knife stuff got me, the boiling water stuff got me. Hmm. What else? Other than that? <laughs> wow. I'm a horrible human. Um, the, the, the cutting, the cutting the arm off with the turkey. That's what I mean. Yes. The turkey cutter. Yes. Any basically, of Brian, basically, Brian hasn't seen the film, um, he, but basically Brian, what happens is, you know, when you are carving a turkey for Thanksgiving, Sure. You know, uh, basically a girl just cuts her arm off with one of those. And they show awesome. pretty much every frame of her doing it. We're talking about the crudes, right? Again. Yeah. We, still oh, okay. About the crudes. My bad. I I got confused there. No, no. I um yeah, that that's you, you guys are <laughs> you guys are affirming every uh everything that I thought about uh the movie coming in and and uh and why I did not see it. Kit brought up brought up Evil Dead and wanted to review it. And being the horrible friend that I am, I said, y'all are welcome to, and I will moderate, and I'll talk about, if you want me to, I'll talk about why I hate horror movies, but, uh, but I can't, I can't, I can't watch it. I can't Richard, put myself through it. I felt like this, this movie being marketed as the most terrifying experience you'll ever have, or whatever, um, what kind of marketing is that? Do you think that's the scariest movie you'll ever see in a theater, Richard? I, I'm sorry. No, not I, I not scariest movie. Yeah. Like not like bad movie, but scary. but experience. The key word experience. You know, terrifying experience. Was it? I wasn't scared. I, I'm. I guess yeah. the there's no real thematic. It's what not, scares me, like Silence of the Lambs, is much scarier than horror movie du jour. I don't find violence to be inherently threatening or scary. There has to be some sort of theme to it and a lot of tension that makes me nervous. Um and this isn't really that. It's not suspenseful, really. There's no real thematic structure to it. It's just violence, essentially, for the entire running time. Um, and it just becomes ridiculous. It's it's almost a release at a certain point. Uh, so, no, I don't think it's – it's an effective marketing campaign. And, and cer certain people will be so grossed out by it that they will assume that's scary. I and mean, it's not a lie. It's the most sort of outrageously violent movie you will see all year. But it's not – I can't, did you find it really scary? Were you like worried? I wasn't scared, but I yeah. agree with the fact that it might be the the most uncomfortable experience you'll have. Maybe like I don't, I can't think of a movie that's gonna throw everything at you. Like they they throw like 
they're it's basically rooted in demon possession, you know, not only violence, but you've got the whole possession factor. And that alone is, you know, they, the exorcist is the highest, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. You know, that's a scary, scary, um, thing right there. So this movie like creeped me out in a lot of ways. It really did. I, I'm not going to say it's the scariest movie ever because, I can't stand saw. I can't do torture. Like that's yeah, my that's thing. My I can thing. do violence. I can't do like torture and some dude is just getting off to that's... it in the next room. You know what I mean? Cause that's the that happens to both of you, by the way, here's a little thing for you. And I hope he listens to the podcast who sees every saw movie with their mom. When they come out of our friends, it's gotta be Corey. That's a good guess, but you would be wrong. Ugh. Oh, I know this. Never mind. I know. I know this. Russ Pickett, ladies and gentlemen. Russ Pickett, ladies and gentlemen. Russ Pickett loves the Saw movies. How creepy is that? So weird. That is. Um, Any Russ Pickett friends fans out there will appreciate that. Um, But yeah, Ken, I was just about to say, I find I found any Saw movie to be more uncomfortable than this because oh, way more uncomfortable. I saw Saw two in the theater. Yeah, and. I had, I didn't see any more of the Saw ones. That was it. Like the scene in Saw 2 where she's sticks her hands up in the box to grab the key and they're like Ugh. razor blades. And it's just – oh, it's just so much – and they throw her in a pool of syringes, you know, yep. just horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. And this movie was way easier to watch for me than that. Um, so I would say Saw is probably the scariest franchise maybe to be released. Uh, paranormal activity didn't really do it for me. Um, I love slasher films though, and this was kind of borderline possession slash slash slasher films. No pun intended there, but this. It, I mean, I'm a horror fan, so as far as what I want in a horror film, this this is almost as good as you're gonna get. You know, as far as a remake, I don't think I think the Friday the Thirteenth remake sucked, and the Freddy one sucked, so. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any thoughts on any old, old? What's your favorite franchise? I like Nightmare on Elm Street personally. Um, yeah, I liked. Gosh, it, but honestly, I'm always. Can't I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of weird on this. I think you're in one camp that you see all the horror movies. Brian's in the other camp where he sees none. I'm kind of in the middle. I I just kind of see them catch as catch can. Um, I, I don't keep up with any of them religious. I, I, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite series, but there's what, like 13 of those movies. I've probably seen four of them. I mean, I, I just don't, it, it's one of those things. Oh, group of people. We're going to see this movie tonight. All right, I'll go. I mean, I, I just don't, uh, I don't ever really want to see them. I'll just see them if I have to see them. The, so I will say from a, from a perspective of a, of a horror movie lover that, the last kill in this film is freaking unreal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the chainsaw? Yes. Yes. And this movie, I'll just say, it looks way better than any horror film I've seen in the past. It does. It's, it, oh, it, it's gorgeous. Per, I mean, really. Per our discussion earlier, this guy's a talented director. I would just be yeah. terrified to hand him the keys of, of any sort of family-aiming franchise. Um, yeah. You know, aside from the Croods, too. Right. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so who knows? But I mean, gosh, people do different things. He he certainly may be capable. Uh, he's a talent, though. I think that's the thing I, I saw. You're right. This is a great looking movie. I don't know who the that last scene is like. But it yes, it's incredibly incredible, planned, incredibly like shot from a profile, like mm-hmm. with low light and just good blood. I mean, blood just shooting out from all directions. It just looked looked like oh, it looked like candy. And when the house is burning down at the end and she's walking away, it's like Skyfall, you know, when the house yes. is burning down. It was just beautiful. Or, J- or, Jang- like, or Django. Django, you know. Uh, just seems like somebody that was knowing – that knew what they were doing was kind of in charge yeah, of the DP. Definitely. It wasn't like they just hired somebody off the street. This – speaking of hiring off the street, what did you think about the casting? I don't understand why every horror movie has to have a complete no-name. In every single role. Do you know what I mean? Well, they keep the budget low on these things, don't they? Yeah, so right. I think they spend money on the f- effects. Yeah. The budget on this movie was like $14 million. Yeah, so they spent – and a lot of that's marketing. Well, they doubled that already, yeah. 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 In the opening weekend or whatever, they made $30 million, so. 
Yeah, I was looking at the cast, and I the only person that I recognize is Jane Levy, the girl who I, I guess yeah. gets just from the trailer looks like <laughs> gets she, possessed by she a demon is very or whatever. Good. She's um, she's on Suburgatory, which I watched. Yeah, I watched the the uh, sitcom that she's on for a season before I got tired of it. Uh, Suburgatory. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the rest of the cast, and I don't know any of these people's names at all. So, like you would think, though, that at least one they could get somebody that that people know. You know, it doesn't have to be Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? It can be somebody random. But I would like to see one familiar face. That's all I'm saying. Do you know what I'd I mean? I'd like to see Tom Cruise. And it's a tentpole film. I would love to see Tom Cruise in Evil Dead. <laughs> but I would like I would like to see a you know. It's not embarrassing. This is the number one film of the of the weekend. You know, it's not it's not some shoddy like um, movie that's trying to start up. Do you know what I mean? It's like Evil Dead. Sam Raimi produced it and everything. But um, anything else to say on on Evil Dead, Richard or Brian? No, no. I guess I'll ask. I'll recommend it from a from a horror movies perspective. If you like excessive gore in horror, see it. You won't sure. be disappointed. Well, Kent, as a as our resident horror expert, have you? I'm assuming you've seen the the original Evil Dead. I watched it actually uh, right when I came home from seeing the new one. Okay, and how does it compare? Because I know I'll that movie say, has a huge fan base and, and a cult yeah. following, and I'm always interested in in remakes, even if I don't care about either of the movies. It's 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 uh, it's very interesting to me to see the. Uh, what people think as far as the original versus the remake and and uh, and how they compare. Yeah, they. It's funny because the original Evil Dead is one of the most you know worshipped horror movies of all time, and you go back and watch it, and people are going to talk about the new Evil Dead, and be like, "Well, the acting wasn't very good. The lines, some of the lines are cheesy." I mean, but you go back and watch the original, and it's twice as cheesy. You know, it's. It's twice as sure. um, messed up as the new one. I mean, the new one didn't have any nudity in it whatsoever. The old one, it's just like boobs for the sake of boobs everywhere. <laughs> when the girl's getting raped by the forest in the in the original, she is her, and she's running away from it. Even her boobs are flopping out. Do you know what I mean? And the new, this new one, like, <laughs> all right, we don't need we don't need that cliche. Do you know what I mean? It seems like the yeah. first one was well, just this, like right. Well, this tree had less of a boot. He was more of a, more of an ass guy. This tree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Trees got, had pretty good taste. Like I'll just say pretty cute girls. So, um, but no, like this movie, like seems like it was trying to be a legitimate movie. Do you know what I mean? The, sure. the original evil dead was just trying to be outrageous. I felt like in every form of the word, this movie was trying to, Make a good horror movie. Um, the the original is good, yes, and it's it's a classic, so I can't knock it really. But I mean, where you can criticize this one, you can also say the same for the original Evil Dead. So I think they did a a good job, you know, paying homage to the original and basically remaking it, you know, for 2013. I feel like it's the same film, but the 2013 version of it. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, sure. So that's very similar to me of like the uh, Red Dawn, the uh, the remake that came out a few months ago. Got a lot of crap because because the original Red Dawn is kind of a cult classic, um, and I I'd never seen the original. I went back and watched it sometime after I saw the remake, and I couldn't I couldn't get through it. I mean, it was the original is brutal. It's so cheesy and so um, over the top eighties ridiculous. Um, I, I enjoyed the remake far more than the uh, than the original, but that's hey, just Brian, to your point of. I've got news for you if you want to get through it. Uh, sure. You can go to adamcrolla dot com uh-huh. and download his commentary of the original Red Dawn and oh, sync it. Wow. Yeah, Secret that endless. that exists. That would be the only way I could get through. It. I mean, it was bad. The original is bad. It's not good at all. And and the 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 remake's not good either. But it's. I enjoyed it, sort of. You know, I, it was not horrible. So I think yeah. that's why this all this North Korea stuff's going on because I think they saw oh, Red they're Dawn. Just, they're really ticked off about that. And uh, there's, you know, um, there's one more kill I want to mention in this in this movie that's freaking ridiculous, Richard. The one where the with the car and the girl's hand. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Where. The, where the girl get basically a car falls on a girl's arm, 
rolls on her arm, and she basically cuts her hand off with the car. Did you, did you uh, almost lose your stomach at that part? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the weird part was when you know James Franco showed up in his bicycle helmet, <laughs> and did it, yeah, and cut the arm off. Uh, yeah, that was pretty, yeah. yeah, that was pretty gross. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, no, just gross. I mean, but at that point so much had happened that it was just like, it just yeah, sort of goes in one, one ear and out the other, one eye and out the, out the other. I just kind of took it in. Like I was an alien. That's how I like to watch these movies. Like I'm an yeah. alien. It's like you're on I'm another just, planet. You're yeah. experiencing what it's like on another planet for an <laughs> hour and a half. Study what this human race does. And yeah. I just sort of sat there and took it in. Uh, I got a lot of popcorn and, and difficult movie to eat, eat through. Yeah. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was $8 down the toilet. Um, but uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, the audience seemed to enjoy it. There was there was everything you would want in a horror movie audience of screaming and uh, the African-American people were yelling out commands. And it was uh, it was everything you would want in a horror movie experience in the theater. Uh, but uh, but to me, left me a little a little cold. Didn't really get the thematic structure, but you know what? Who cares? It was fine. It made $30 million. This isn't a movie built to uh, win Oscars. It's done what it meant to, is was built to do good for them. Interesting to see what interested to see what this director does next. And I will probably never think about this movie again, except for when I'm weeping in 60 years <laughs> because my subconscious is caught up to me. <laughs> great, great, uh, great analysis there, Richard. I, like I said, I recommend it. If you like horror, and Brian doesn't like horror and says, don't watch horror. So right. we got all perspectives. That's all uh, – that's what you guys pay for. That's why you guys pay us the big bucks. Yep. Exactly. One of these days we'll do a pod and we'll just discuss horror in general and, and uh, dissect well, talk about why it. you love it talk, while I hate talk it. About, no. Talk about why you don't like it. This is a perfect opportunity. Oh, no. I mean we – I it, it's it, I basically am, am in the same camp as Richard. It's the I slasher movies. Uh, I don't like gore. I can handle it when it's a when it's like a war movie. If I feel like it's it's realistic, um, but even that makes me squirm. I don't like gore. I slasher movies usually. I get very tired of the. It, it's it's all very cliche and it's it they do the same things you know you're like kind of like what you said can't there's going to be nudity at some point and then this person's going to die and then this per you know and I, I get tired of that and then anything that is related to uh, demon possession or or ghosts terrifies me to the point that I can't sleep for weeks and uh, so it, it, it's either I, I either I can't sleep and I'm so Crimson I'm, Peak is going to be one you're going to be seeing with me on at midnight. Uh, probably new, not. Probably not. One. I can't even take the like trailers, dude. Like when Mama was came out at the beginning of the year, which by all accounts is not a scary movie whatsoever. Um, but just those little kids saying Mama really quick <laughs> freaked me out so much. And of course, the preview comes on, you know, at midnight when I'm trying to get ready to go to bed, and then. I have to spend another two hours reading a book about basketball so that I cannot think about that anymore. Uh, the same with Evil Dead. For one of the websites that I look at a lot for movie news, <laughs> Cinema Blend. Shout out to CinemaBlend.com was this week. I didn't look at their page at all because they were running a like a there was a banner ad that was just the girls possessed face and I couldn't I just couldn't even look at the page you know I, I'm just not I don't know I, I get freaked out too easily on that stuff and I I can't uh can't sleep so I I've got to avoid so either I think it's stupid and just fret over how bad the acting and the writing and whatnot is. the worst movie I've ever seen and I I put this out constantly the wor- my, the worst movie ever is Cabin Fever um and I I don't know if either of y'all have ever seen that movie, but uh, it's a horror movie, and I it makes me just thinking about it now is making me angry. It's and, it's a terrible movie. Well, you say that, but a lot of that is just a visceral reaction to seeing Ryan Strong not as Sean Hunter. It's true. That's true. Cabin Fever. Yeah, it it took me a solid so, hour to get used to that, and then I didn't like it. I was I was upset yeah. about. I, I didn't know why he wasn't writing poetry anymore. Um, <laughs> It was I don't know I was just really disappointed in where it's in where Sean got to yeah yeah 
I was hoping Angela would be back in the picture by then. I mean, it was just very disappointing. But um, but no, I, I I appreciate horror for what it is. I, you know, I know lots of people like you, Kent, who are big fans of of, of pretty much all things horror. And I I'm certainly a, I'm respect a fan its of place. horror of of movies that don't care. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like sure. I I like horror because they're not really. And when they do try, I mean, there's some good horror movies like like The Shining and others that. Yeah, that stand for more than just scares. But the ones that just stand for scares, like The Evil Dead, the new one that we just talked about, I like that. It's like an escape for me. Do you know what I mean? It's like sure. I sometimes I want to sit in a theater and I don't want to have to follow the plot every line, you know, or I'm gonna miss you know, like Inception. Do you know what I mean? If I miss one line, then or if I go to the bathroom, then I'm gonna miss the most important thing. You know what I mean? I I I, I, I like this movie because you could chop every scene individually and put them all in a blender and then reorder them at random. And I would still probably like it just because sure. it's like ridiculous in every way. And the plot still wouldn't make sense. Sure. So, um, and I totally respect that. You know I mean? That's yeah. how I feel about dumb action movies. I mean, I, I yeah. said last week, I, I really have a, have a like for, uh, for battleship and, and no one else likes that movie. And it's, it's really not a good movie, but I enjoy it. And I, I like that sort of dumb action movie. Um, so I certainly can appreciate, um, the enjoyment or, or why, why you and, and other people like the horror thing. I just can't do it. I'm just not a, uh, not able to, uh, to sit through it. So. Well, I'm glad we have your, your perspective on this show for sure. Because that's why, again, that's why we get paid the big bucks. That's right. That's right. Um, that's why we, we all earn $0 a year. That's uh, right. Guys, uh, let's move on. Shall we? To weekly recommends. My weekly recommend this week is another documentary. Um, it's um, I'm staying. I'm, I'm staying on the theme, guys, of film analyzation because this that's what this podcast is all about. This this documentary is called These Amazing Shadows. Uh, it is on Netflix and it is about the National Film Registry, which is um, basically okay. basically like Library of Congress for film. I think it's actually kind of part of the Library of Congress, actually. So. It is um, – it's a great movie. It, it talks about classic cinema. It talks about kind of this preservation process, and they have started to restore some of these old negatives of classic films that have previously been destroyed, and they're starting to actually find films that they thought had been destroyed and uh, and things like that. So it's a great, great movie about if you like classic cinema, you should definitely check it out. Um, sure. So have you guys heard about it? You uh, you stumped me. I I'd never heard of that that uh, documentary before. So I've written I've written it down. I'm gonna I'm gonna you, check it you out. Need to check I think it that's out a tonight. fascinating topic. It's definitely, so I'm, it's I'm definitely. You'll sure. love it, Brian. I thought of you when I when I thought I'd recommend. So uh, Richard Barden, weekly recommend. I'm gonna do another book. I'm gonna try to make this a regular thing so people can get some. You can be the documentary guy. I'll be the book guy, and Brian can be the uh, Asian porn awesome guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, but a book. Uh, because of some. This is timely. I read this a couple years ago. It was my favorite book of the year, I believe, in 2010, uh, and it really perfectly encapsulates the whole Conan Tonight Show era, as well as the whole Jay Leno taking back the Tonight Show. And as we know, Jimmy Fallon has been given the Tonight Show, and Jay Leno is on the outs. Uh, this is a book by Bill Carter, who also wrote The Late Shift, uh, which uh, in, kind of is a synopsis of the entire original Letterman Carson Leno debacle. Uh, this guy is really in deep within this circle. He gets great quotes from people, Kimmel, Letterman, Fallon, Conan, Leno, everybody involved in that whole situation in 2009. It's a great book. It's highly entertaining. It's very funny. Once again, these aren't, these aren't unnamed sources. He's getting legit quotes uh, behind the scenes from these people. And, and so it's a book I recommend highly if you're interested in late night television at all. Uh, Bill Carter, The War for Late Night. Great. I, I really want to check that one out. I loved – I liked that um, That whole debacle. was so fun to watch and all those guys were so on their game during that, during mm -hmm. that time. Absolutely. It's interesting. Conan, everyone comes off differently. Uh, Leno comes off bad for um, – Yes, he is thinking, bad. Yeah, he's yeah. bad. For obvious reasons. Uh, yeah. Conan comes off not great, honestly, and the book is written mostly from his perspective. He comes off a little whiny. A little entitled, and, and some of it's justified and some of it isn't. Um, Fallon comes off as just a 10-year-old boy excited to be there. Letterman comes off as aloof, 
And this was the book that was like really made me realize, oh, wow, Jimmy Kimmel is legit because I'm not kidding. Of the 15 funniest quotes in the book, like 13 of them are Kimmel. Yeah. Um, and the way he kind of threw himself in the middle of that, even though he had no right to be involved. Right. And he just basically just atom bombed Leno's show when he went yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, that they have the whole behind the scenes story on that. One of the funniest things you'll ever read and most interesting. And Kimmel just is so upfront about how he just doesn't like Jay Leno for no reason, just because he liked Letterman as a kid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, it's it's highly enjoyable. Kimmel definitely comes off the best. John Stewart as well. I mean, everyone is involved. John Stewart, Colbert. It's all about the entire late night scene in 2009, uh, from from network to cable. So check it out. It's a great book. Bill Carter is a great writer. He's he's he only writes about late night television, and he's immensely overqualified to write about something so trivial. Uh, but it's great that he does. And I mean, it's, it's I hope now. I don't know if there's enough drama in this transition. But I would kill for a third book uh, in this in this series. So the War for Late Night, Bill Carter. Great, great recommend, uh, Brian. Did you already give yours? I don't know. I didn't. No, I haven't. Okay, go for it. Uh, my recommend to, tonight is going to be uh, an, uh, a movie from 1997. It was nominated for Best Picture, um, and it has been on the the HBO circuit the last couple of weeks. And that is uh, L.A. Confidential. Nice. Have you guys seen this yeah. movie? I do. I own um, it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, a really good movie, one that I, I kind of go back and forth on how good it is versus how much I like it, if that makes sense. Um, I, I really enjoy the movie. I, I, I like that sort of sort of film. It handles the material better than uh, any movie in its – any contemporary movie uh, in, in its class, I feel like. That, that sort of mystery, um, crime-solving bit uh, – it does it very well. The, the noir, the acting, it's got that noir feel. Yeah, the feel noir to... b- feel. Um, I feel like it does it ver- better than any other movie in, in its in its day, anyway. Um, it is a little bit cheesy or maybe campy, I guess is a better word, but but some of that at least is, is done purposefully. Um, it was nominated for like 12 Oscars. Uh, mm-hmm. The acting is superb. Um, one of Kevin Spacey's, I feel like one of his better roles, It's it's a... It's a much different role than than the other things that he is known for and that have made him uh, such a powerful presence in Hollywood. Certainly a lot different than, say, uh, Underwood in uh, uh, House of Cards or mm-hmm. or uh, American Beauty or, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, – it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that I, I don't watch particularly often. But every time I do come across it, I I find myself getting uh, getting sucked into it. And so, anyway, it's on HBO right now, and I've I've watched p- bits and pieces of it three or four times. And finally, a couple of days ago, just sat down and watched the whole movie and uh, and really enjoy it. Um, so, I if you've never seen L.A. Confidential, uh, again, it's on HBO. And if not, you don't have HBO, then get out and rent it and check it out. It's a good movie. It's hard you mention that because because Gangster Squad just came out on. I believe Blu-ray and stuff, and you look at Gangster Squad and you look at L.A. Confidential, and you know L.A. Confidential is what it could have been, you know, yeah. and what Gangster yeah. Squad was trying to be. So totally. it's hard to believe the same creative uh, team also made Eight Mile. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean that's a completely different type of thing. I went back when I was watching the movie. I was looking at the director uh, Curtis Hansen's film work, and it's. Uh, it's it's different. Um, LA Confidential definitely stands out. Uh, it's it's an interesting interesting bit. So it's fun to watch. I really enjoy the movie a lot, and and um, and again, great great work by the, the by the actors. And uh, so check it out. Definitely. Russell Crowe in a much different role than he's mm, been in. Yeah, I forgot he was in in that. He's yeah. awesome in that. Yeah, honestly, might I mean, Gladiator is probably his most iconic role, but this is my favorite role of his. Um, very good, very good movie. Great recommend, Brian. Richard Barden, where can I find more of your work online? Uh, NewYorkTimes.com. And, uh, <laughs> no, you can find me at RichardBarden.com and r- at Richard Barden on Twitter. Brian and, Gill. Or are you not done? No, you I work? was going to list off a few more fake things, but you know what? I, that's, Go we'll for it. Next podcast. <laughs> uh, you can find pictures of my chest hair on Instagram at Richard Barden. Uh, and I use the term hair singularly on purpose, not plural. Uh, you can find my antique gun collection 
on um, Pinterest. And uh, you can find all of my wallpaper work on HomeDepot.com, the Richard Barden collection. <laughs> Brian Gill. I love it. I love it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my movie reviews and uh, movie-related shenanigans at thesoapboxoffice.com. You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. You can email the show at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can uh, leave us a review on iTunes. You can, uh, you know, tell your friends. You can hey. like us on Facebook. You can do all that if you want. What, hey, Richard? review us. Review us on iTunes. Give us some stars. Be honest. Five stars, obviously, encouraged. But be honest and leave us a review because, you know, we're doing this by the seat of our pants. We would love some feedback from those of you who are listening. Leave us a review. Shoot us an email, and that can only make the show better. And yeah, uh, exactly. Love to hear from you. Don't be shy, people. Don't be shy. Um. Anything else you guys want to say before we get out of here? That's all. That's it. I love you guys. Uh, We'll see you next time. Until next week, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Go Expos. See ya.